place in the presence of God, we just uh, got a text that came in. One of our family's seven-year-old girl, they're headed to urgent care right now. Her face has started to, to droop uh, down. So let's all gather together and pray. Nothing's impossible with all the faith in the room. <laughs> what the Lord can do. Father, we, we thank you right now. We join together. You said where any two would be agreed is touching any one thing that they ask. Be done by the Father which is in heaven. God, we thank you right now for this young one. Whatever's going on, you know what's going on, what's, what's taking place. We don't know all the details, nor do we need to know them. But we do know that you are the healer. You are the healer. Oh, thank you, Lord, that there's nothing that's impossible with you. And so we pray right now, even in the transport of this young one, that right now the spirit of the living God and the anointing, as we speak your word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we speak to her body right now. That whatever's going on, nerves, muscles, tendons, ligaments, whatever's going on that's causing her face to droop, to, to be numb, we speak to that right now in the name of Jesus. We cause, we, we declare, we command correction. We speak to her body and command correction right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That the anointing right now right now begins to move into her body to flow from the top of her head to the soles of her feet God affecting affecting every cell in her body by the power of the living God drawing back up those muscles drawing back and relieving the nerves drawing back and, and bringing a healing and a cure strengthening strengthening every muscle every tendon every ligament I thank you Lord that you are working right now you're working right now a healing and a cure. Just as with the centurion, you didn't need to be present, just the word to be spoken in that situation. So we declare and we command her body to receive the anointing of the Spirit of God and to be healed, to be healed. It's the children's bread. It's what you paid for when you laid over that whipping post and bore stripes in your body. And your word declares that by those stripes, we are healed. So we declare that over this young one. She'll be healed. Fulfill the length of her days. Praise. Praise you all the days of her life. Recognizing your touch upon her life. Your healing power. Your goodness towards her. We thank you. We pray for mom and dad right now. Right now. Right now that their faith would not fail them. But even now they'd be encouraged in their faith. Strengthened in their faith. God standing strong in their faith. Oh God. You're so wonderful. Things like this happen. You showed us in your word. A dad so concerned about his son. And the condition. That he brought him. To your disciples. Brought him to you. And you said, if you can only believe. He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And you totally healed his son. 
So we thank you, Lord. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You'll strengthen mom and dad and strengthen them in their faith as you heal this child. We lay claim to it in Jesus. In Jesus, that name that is above every name, Jesus. That name that is above every name. All manner, sickness and disease, every name that is named. The name of Jesus is higher. It's greater. So we thank you that everything that backs that name, your death, your burial, your resurrection, the price that you paid for our healing, in the name of Jesus, we declare it. We look to the good report. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you and we praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. For you're great and you're greatly to be praised. Great and you're greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. We thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand, pleasures evermore. We thank you there is a time of refreshing our hearts and our spirits in your presence. Thank you for that manifest presence. We worship you and we praise you. We're so thankful for your goodness and for your mercy, your grace and your loving kindness towards us. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us, teaching us, strengthening us, empowering us right now. That as we go, it's not into our week, it's not by our might or by our power, but by the Spirit of the living God. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, working in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Good evening. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Thank you, worship team, bringing us into that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Youth, you can be dismissed. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all just greet someone? Just stay in an atmosphere of worship, but you can greet one another. Tell them that you're glad that they're here. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that each other's here? Aren't you thankful? Hello? Am I going death? Aren't you thankful that each and every one of you are here? We are the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Man, don't you just love that? Sometimes we just need to get better at being quiet, being still and knowing that he's God in such a busy culture, such a busy time. And there's just a place in being quiet and hearing from God. 
And again, we do that corporately. It's wonderful, you know. You think, well, if I just had the worship team in my living room, I could do that. Um, but you don't need the worship team in your living room. And, uh, you know, you, you can get into that place and um, praise the Lord. And in that place, really, God can begin to speak to us even more and more. There's that quiet place. There's a place where we rejoice. There's a place where we shout. We'll see plenty of that uh, as the meetings come up through August. Um, we'll continue to see that. But um, even in our time, you know, there will be times of, of just worship and recognizing Him. Amen. Sometimes we, we get misled thinking, you know, a, a good Holy Ghost type of meeting is just a, a lot of movement and a lot of noise. But sometimes it's just a good, quiet uh, presence of God where we're still and we allow Him to do what He wants to do. Uh, in us and in that place, sometimes for people, there's just a cleansing out of things, a clarity of their mind. Amen? So there's just a little bit of echo that I can hear. If it's perfect for you, great. It's giving me a little bit of uh, buzz in my ear as it echoes. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I want to um, uh, praise the Lord. I'm looking around many times. I'm not sure where. Where's Andrew? Did he go out? Where you at? There he is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, man, we are so thankful. I don't know. You all have seen Andrew. I don't know how many of you have met him. Actually, I haven't had much time to talk to him at all, but uh, he has been with us for the summer. Hasn't he been a tremendous blessing? Man, an accomplished musician, and uh, saw him on the bass and the guitar and the uh, acoustic guitar and Man, we just appreciate it. He just he came for the summer. He contacted Jonathan and uh, said, I'm here for the summer, and plugged right in, and he's been just this tremendous, tremendous blessing to us in worship, and so thank you so much for, for coming, being a part with us uh, of the church family. We appreciate that so much, and uh, anytime you're back, uh, please come and join us. We appreciate that so much. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, go ahead. Give him a big hand. And we were singing that last song, and they had him all up playing that acoustic. Man, that was just so sweet. That was so good. Way to go back there, sound booth. Way to bring him out in that, because that added just so much in that anointing. You know, there's, there's something to that vehicle of music. And uh, when somebody who's anointed plays, it just starts to lift every burden off. Something that when David played, it was so powerful that it delivered the, the king. It delivered Saul. Uh, from spirits that were tormenting him. And uh, man, when you have a psalmist like that, somebody who can play under the anointing, it just like whew, uh, makes the devil afraid uh, in that anointing. <laughs> Amen. So we appreciate that and appreciate you coming, Andrew, and, and being a part with us. It's just, just what a blessing. Amen. It's not always easy to come in and uh, just fit in, but man, he just kind of came in by stealth. Uh, <laughs> quietly and got up there and all of a sudden everything just is added unto. And so, you know, people in their place doing their thing, it's just awesome. And we, so we, we appreciate that. And uh, we, we will miss out as he goes home, but wherever he goes home to, we'll be greatly blessed. And, uh, and so thank God for the body. Praise the Lord. Well, if you weren't here this morning, weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, uh, I want to give you a chance to give your 
Writing out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're given by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. We're so thankful once again uh, for your generosity. Uh, I'll try to get some of the things together. But as I said this morning, we, uh, we were just in two weeks of meetings with different places that are reaching the world. And uh, they, they have local, you know, United States ministries, but they reach into all the world. And uh, uh, certainly us with other people have seen uh, somewhere around, I think, three million resources given into the hands of leaders uh, in over 250 nations of the world. Uh, places where, and when Addison was here, he was telling you, places where there is no other printed page, uh, they have been able to get translators, and you are part of that, uh, Bible schools all over the world uh, that you've been a part in. So your generosity uh, uh, reaches not only into our Jerusalem, Judea, but the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? And so as we look to love, lift, and reach people, uh, your reach goes very far. And so, uh, you know, at the same time, that's awesome. We love missions. Uh, again, then we come back. How do we have our, our effect at home and uh, in our region? But then it extends into all the world. So your generosity is not just taking care of home base, but it's reaching into many, many nations of the world, having uh, an impact. We were blessed, uh, you know, just to hear the testimony of some of the people who were affected by those resources in remote parts of Mongolia, um, uh, um, help me out here. Um, well, she probably doesn't know what. Where they, where did they take the um, vehicle way back into the? Oh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia. Uh, so um, last year you, we gave towards a vehicle to to go through the jungle and everything, and so. Uh, testimony went way back into Ethiopia to give out resources and um, just tremendous, tremendous impact into the world. So uh, your giving is not just, uh, you know, affecting one place, but all over the world. So we're thankful for that. We believe that the word of God is true, that God will supply your every need. And uh, as you sow seed, he'll give seed, more seed to the sower, bread for food. He'll multiply the seed that you've sown, increase the fruit of your righteousness, right? Within that, he'll increase your generosity, and your generosity will be bring thanksgiving to God through your giving. Amen? And so there's a lot connected with your giving. It's not just a matter of, hey, I'm going to give, here you go, and uh, uh, let the bucket go by. It's, it's, it's seed planted, and it connects to hearts and to people, uh, not only in this community, but around the world. Amen? So you all ready? Father, we thank you for every opportunity that we have to give. Father, in acknowledging your greatness, our covenant with you, we give, knowing that we're planting seed, and uh, that in that place of planting seed, bringing our tithe and covenant to you, that you open up the windows of heaven, you pour out such blessing, that according to your hand, you supply every need, according to your riches and glory, not according to our need, not according to the economy, but according to your riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. We declare that over each and every person, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pass those buckets. Open your Bibles to Ephesians. We'll, we'll take off just a little chunk here. Uh, tonight, as we've been going through Ephesians in the evening services, Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 1. So we got through 4. 
Uh, last week, and as we said, the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul is telling the church, he's telling us, he's telling the church at Ephesus what Jesus has done, how he's redeemed them, sanctified them, who they are in Christ. The last three, he begins to talk to them and talk to us about how the understanding of what Christ has done to set us free, to join us in relationship with God, how it transforms our life and how we are to carry that life out in the natural, in our day-to-day walk with Him. And so, you know, as we were, were finishing up um, uh, last week, he, he begins to talk about some things here and, and talk about verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This is chapter 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So then he begins chapter 5, and he says, therefore... You know, uh, one of my instructors used to always say this. He said, when you see the in, in, uh, Bible interpretation, when you see the word therefore, then you should look back and see what it's there for, <laughs> right? And so he just said all of this stuff about not grieving the Holy Spirit, about how we are to interact with one another, how are we, to, how are we to forgive one another, that we're not supposed to get in this constant clamoring and, and different things with each other. So he says, therefore, because of all this, because of this change, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And so we're just going to start here with this and, and really begin to look at this. So the first thing he admonishes us in, really he brings in three aspects uh, in, in chapter 5 of this walk. He's, we are to walk in love as he brings it out as we go through it. We are to walk in love. We are to walk in light, and we are to walk in wisdom, and that's what he starts to line out. We are to walk in love, to walk in light, and to walk in wisdom. So he starts off the first admonition with, uh, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love. And so when we understand this, that when we've been born again, First Peter, uh, or Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says that we have been made to be partakers Somebody say partakers. We've been made to be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature. And so God, when we were born again, we were born of God. I know this is very simple to you, but reminding us. You know, Peter just said this. He said, listen, there's so many things that are vitally important here. And as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep reminding you. He even said, you know this, and right now you're established in it, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep reminding you, because it'll be so easy without a reminder to drift, to drift. And so often we do that. We know that we're born again. We could quote it, but when things come, we begin to drift. When difficult comes, when difficult people come our way, when difficult times come our way that we believe were really uh, transpired in our life because of people, it's easy to drift away from love. It's easy to drift away and go back to the old nature when we feel threatened to try to protect ourselves and to stand up for our rights and our privilege. But he said, listen, be an imitator of God. You're a child of God, and you've been made to partake of his divine nature, and God is love. God is love. At the very core of who God is, 
He's love, right? To, to really expand upon that would like blow our minds because we have, this, we have been ingrained to such a human love, right? This human love that stirs within us, which is kind of an oxymoronic love because human love is actually selfish love. And the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Selfishness hates people, right? Because of what self feels. So the love of God really goes beyond selfishness. Jesus talks about this extreme love, about loving the unlovely, loving those who hate you, praying for those who despitefully use and persecute you. He says, we could blend in with the world and just love those who love us. He said, sinners do the same, right? We could pray for people who are praying for us, even sinners do the same. What sets us apart is that we can stop and pray for those who persecute us. We can stop and pray for those who use us in a different way. So how many times do you think about, just think that you've drifted, again we're talking about a reminder here, that you've drifted, that you felt used by somebody. And how many times when you felt used by somebody, you immediately stopped and prayed for them? (laughs) We won't ask you to raise your hand. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about practical walking this out. Then when I feel used by somebody, instead of going telling everybody, how could they ever use me? I just feel used, abused, thrown away. That we stop and we say, listen, God loves the unlovely. I'm going to step into this character, this nature of God, and pray for them. And this is what Paul is doing. This is what we're endeavoring to do because we're coming upon a time, I believe, you know, there, there may be revival, but when the light gets light, the dark gets darker, that you're going to run into people who really don't like the fact that you're a Christian. They don't care about anything else about you, and you could stand up and say, well, wait a minute, I'm a Christian, but look at all the things that I've done for you, and look at all the, things that I, all the good things that I've done, but they still won't like you simply because the enemy has put something in their heart, and they, they, because you're a Christian, they'll persecute you, they won't like you. And so is that going to keep you substantiating, I should be likable, because look at how likable I am, I'm just a Christian, he tries to pressure us. Or can we just say, it doesn't matter that you don't like me because I'm a Christian, I'm still going to pray for you. And so that's a challenge. But he says we should walk in love. We should uh, uh, be imitators of God as dear children. To understand that this nature of God, this new nature of the new birth, actually moves, it is actually uh, desires, the new life in you, desires. It's, it's pushing to express love because that's who you are. And so as we look at that, number one, when we walk in love, we walk in love because we're God's child. It's our, our nature. We're born of that very nature to walk in love. Secondly, because we are his beloved. We are beloved of God. Turn over to Matthew chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 3, 
And verse 17, Jesus is baptized here. He came up immediately out of the water. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so, you know, again, just in talking about this, in reading this, uh, walking in love and understanding that we are the beloved of God, I'll just put in a plug for Addison's uh, book, uh, uh, Words with God. There's a place in here where he talks about understanding who you are and the name, and really the name of Jesus, the powerful name. He says there's, you know, there's a number of people who are named J-E-S-U-S. He said, but there's something important for us to understand, certainly about Jesus the Christ, because he was the beloved. God didn't say when he came out of the water, this is Jesus, my son. It says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus knew he was loved of God. He was so impressed by the love of God and and, and the nature of God that he prayed for us. He prayed for us that we would know that God loved us just like he loved Jesus. And that in the knowledge of that love being exactly the same for us as it was for Jesus, that we would understand that we are one just as he and the Father were one, right? And in that understanding of how we're one and the fellowship that we have with him, we start to realize that we are beloved just like he's beloved. We are loved just like he, he, Jesus was loved. Well, that was Jesus. See, the enemy comes and says, well, that was Jesus. But Jesus said the same way, the same exact way, that the Father loves me, the Father loves you. In the same exact way. He doesn't love Jesus more than he loves you. He does not. He loves you exactly the same. To grasp that, because Jesus had such a relationship knowing that he was loved with the Father, that in being an imitator, he said, I only do what I see the Father do, and I only say what I hear the Father say. So the understanding that you're loved by God brings you into the place that God had always desired, and that was to come into intimacy with him, such an intimate place with him that you could hear what he was saying, and that actually he could begin to give you and envision what he is doing or what he wants to do. So that when you're somewhere and you begin to, to really see something or see someone as you're out there sensitive to the life and the relationship that you have with God, there's a sense of what God wants to do with someone. Right? Have you ever had that place where you're praying and uh, you just know? It's almost like a deja vu no- moment. It's not necessarily a dream at night, a deja vu moment. You're approaching something and you just know Listen, God wants to speak to that person, and, and this is what God wants me to say. And you, you know, in that sense, you know, I hear the Father saying that in my ear, and so I'm going to say what I see or I hear the Father say. I see that person, and I see them exactly as the Father sees them. I see this action, so I begin to respond in that. Well, where does that come from? It comes from a a knowing and a loving God and imitating God, walking in love, seeing people through the eyes of love. It makes us much more effective. Turn over over to uh, Romans chapter 1. Paul puts this in his greeting 
just to them. He said, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Beloved of God, called to be saints. So he's about, Paul is talking to them, really just as he's talking to the church at Ephesus. We'll go into that, you know, when he's talking about walking in the light. He's talking about us as saints walking in the light. He says we're beloved of God, and because God loved us, he called us out of darkness, and he called us into a holiness. We've talked about this, that what Jesus did washed us, cleansed us, that Jesus, before the Father, can present us holy and blameless to the Father because of his blood. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. He says, therefore, having these promises, beloved. Therefore, having these promises, beloved. So he's addressing you all as the beloved of God, right? So we start to know this. We can walk in love, right? Because we're certainly, we're imitators as a child of God. But we walk in love because we are beloved of God. And he says it should make a difference. Because you're beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting in holiness the fear of God. Perfecting in holiness. Now, these sometimes don't go together in our thinking. In our thinking. Again, uh, I guess I'm just plugging books. I didn't mean to when I came out here, but the awe of God. John's got that out. So, John Bevere. And so, you know, sometimes we think, well, you got to have the fear of God, this awesome fear of God, and then there's the love of God. He even addresses that and says, you know, we talk a lot about the love of God, but what about the fear of God? And here, you know, Paul uh, wrote and, and tried to bridge the gap for us, I think knowing that we'd run into that. Well, I'm beloved of God. God just loves me. I'm not afraid of God. But he says right here, as you're beloved and you know that you're beloved, you begin really to cleanse yourself of other things because I'm loved by God. Right, So that human love says, if God loves me, he just accepts everything. No, God loved me enough to send Jesus, so the power of sin, the tainting of sin, the filth or defilement of sin could be washed away. And so if I understand how God loved me and he washed me and cleansed me, I'll take my steps to walk in that cleansing. Because why? Because I have such a reverence of God and who he is and what he's done to bring me into fellowship. I don't want to come in all like everything Jesus has done for me doesn't mean anything. I'm still stumbling around. I'm still defiled by the sin in my life. I haven't cleansed anything because I'm just okay. God loves me. That's a worldly attitude that has come in many times by people just talking about grace. You can do whatever you want to. But God's grace is an empowerment to step out of where we were and into something so different that we no longer accept the sin that held us that we couldn't get out of in our own strength, that we depend upon the grace of God, the empowerment of God to do what we couldn't do on our own and empower us to step up out of sin into this other place. Why? Because we're beloved by God and we love Him. We love Him. So I could put it like this. I'm beloved of Tasha. Right? I'm beloved of her. I love her. I'm beloved of her. So, you know, when I found out that she loved me, um, at first I didn't know if I loved her. Well, I was running scared. She's a little bit younger than I am. And so, you know, we learned in, in Bible school, you got to be careful if you're a youth pastor, 
because these kind of things can happen. <laughs> even, even today when people say, how did you meet? Well, um, he was my youth pastor, and people kind of go, oh. And so, you know, in that process, oh yeah, but Miss Lynette loves that story. Um, praise the Lord. So anyway, that's the whole thing. But, it, you know, again, as uh, in that situation, we all digress because of that. Anyway, uh, in, that, in that situation, I still found out sooner than I told her that she loved me. But, you know, that just does something to you to know that somebody loves you, even if you're running scared. It does something to know, hmm, she loves me. And so eventually I came around to know him because I was beloved of her that I loved her back. But the moment that that decision came to me, can't speak for her, I think I could, but don't want to, that it came to me, wow, she loves me, and I'm going to love her back. Everybody else is out of the picture. Doesn't matter what I could do. I could go do something else. I could date someone else. I could look at someone else. But now, because I'm beloved, I return love. And now, I start stripping off. I start the process of stripping off what the single man could do. Because I'm getting ready to be joined only to her. Right? And as I have given my life to her, there is a fear of ever messing that up. It's a pure reverence of our relationship. See, some people look at it in human terms, and they would say, and we get frivolous about it, but, you know, and sometimes we'll all joke like, man, I would never do that. I'm afraid of what she would do to me, right? Right? But I, I don't look to the right hand or to the left. Why? Because I fear the situation, the love ever being broken. The power of the union that we have. There's a reverence of what God has joined there that I wouldn't leave it. Right? Everything that we've entered into, everything that we walked in, everything that we've done together, why would I risk it for a, a moment of self? Right? So instead of just saying, I could do this and, no, and get away with it, there's a, a reverential fear of what we have together to not step out of that because of what that could do to destroy everything that we built together, we've walked in together. And that's a weak analogy of what God has for us. That when we realize we are beloved of Him, we love Him because He first loved us. And when we know God, we are beloved by God, we don't go, well, thank God I'm beloved of you. And you love me so much, I could go out and date a hundred other women and come back and you would still love me because I'm loved of God. I'm loved of my wife. I could do whatever I want. No. When you know you're loved, you return that love and it creates a bond and in that bond, we strip off all the other things, and there's a reverential awe and fear, not of, I'm afraid, boy, if I, I mess up, boy, she'd shoot me. That might be true, but, uh, 
What's better, instead of being afraid of, of what she might do to me physically, there's first precedes that a reverence and a fear of the union being broken apart. And if that's broken apart, there's a weakening of who we've become. And so God says, listen, if you understand this love that we walk in, this union that we have, this likeness that becomes, he said, and you understand you're beloved of God, then you cleanse yourself of any filthiness of flesh or spirit and becoming complete in the holiness of God and in the fear of God. In other words, he's brought a place. You couldn't do it yourself. He's made you holy. He's cleansed you. So go ahead and let that happen. And in the fear of ever being broken or drifting back over into defilement, that fear of that relationship coming apart in any sense, you hold fast to that as the beloved of God. Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, as the elect of God, verse 12, Colossians 3, verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, holy and beloved, whoo, see, we can read over these things and go, well, praise the Lord, I'm going to be an imitator of God as a dear child and walk in love, but he starts to tell us what walking in the love of God as the beloved of God begins to look like. He said, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. He says, as beloved and holy, you start bearing with one another, putting on tenderness, kindness, meekness. And he says, and above all these things that you're putting on as a new creation, as one who's beloved of God, who has been cleansed of God, he said, above all, then you put on as your complete work, the love of God, the love of God. Amen. And so we know that we walk in love because we're a child of God, we're beloved of God, and we understand that our life was purchased with a great price. Our life was purchased with a great price, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, I believe it is Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. He said, greater love has no person than this, than he'd lay down his life for his friends. But you know, Jesus had a greater love than that. Greater, greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life even for his enemies. Even for his enemies. Turn over to Romans chapter 5. Verse 10, it says, for even when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we, have, we now have received reconciliation. 
to even when we were alienated from God, we were enemies of God, we were in our trespass and sin, even when we didn't know it, God loved us. He loved us. So he's given us the example of divine love. So when Jesus said, love your enemies, he gave us an example of loving our enemies, surrendering to the will of God and how that could affect even our enemies. How do we love those and pray for those who use us and persecute us? Jesus gave a great example of that love. How do we obey God because we know God loves us? Jesus gave us a great example. So everything that he did for us was to create a transformation of life so that we no longer walk as we used to walk, right? As we said this morning, as the Gentiles walk in the uselessness of their mind, always thinking about them and their selves and everything that's going to go on, but we change how we think, how we view life, how we view the world, because now we understand that we've been born of God. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And what happened when the new creation came on the inside of us, the old nature that was birthed from Adam's sin, that only took stock of itself, the flesh nature, what, does, what do I want? What do I need? What do I desire? And he's about to move right into that here in, in chapter 5. Uh, he's about to walk, look and say, this is how you walk in the light. This is how you move out of that place because we were once darkness, right? Alienated from God who is light. So God is over here light, we're darkness, but the life of God came into that and rescued us even when we were enemies. To change what? To change our whole nature. So many times we're trying to squeeze the new nature, you know, simply into the old package, right? And if you put new wine in old wineskins, it bursts. So what happened? We're trying to say, you know what, can't I just live the same and, and have the life of God? But it's, there's something that just goes awry there. It just is too much for you to contain in that type of thinking. But when we made Jesus Christ Lord, we became a new creation. In other words, the old thing, the, the spirit of man was recreated so that it was fashioned so the spirit of God not the sin of man, but the Spirit of God could enter in to this new creation. And as it holds the Spirit of God, the very nature of God, the very nature of that is love. But comprehending that when the Spirit of God came on the inside of us, He brought the nature of God, the love of God, the love of God. His very nature was shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit of God. Not a mental concept of love, but the reality of the character of love. And he said, now that is in your spirit. So as we begin to understand that and who we are as sons and daughters of God, that we should walk as imitators of God, as dear children. Well, he uses that example, you know, because if you watch children with their fathers, it's pretty fun. You know, I'm dating myself, but there used to be a, 
a commercial. It was a sad commercial, but it showed this little boy walking next to his dad. He's working next to his dad. His dad's doing something, and he's got a little shovel or something doing exactly what his dad's doing. Uh, throughout the, you know, it showed different sections of the whole day, and he's just imitating his dad. And then his dad sit, and him sit down next to a tree, and his dad breaks out a pack of cigarettes and, and lights it up and puts the package right next to him between him and his son. And his son looks over and grabs the package and puts a cigarette in his mouth. And it was a, a non-smoking campaign. But it just shows us how children imitate their parents. It's more what they're seeing them do, really, than even what they're told. And so it's so important for us to know God, to see and to understand the love of God and how God loved us, because if we're going to imitate him by walking in love, we can't just hear about it and go, I'll be an imitator. We have to see how God's loved us. So John says it like this. He said, stop and behold the manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon you in making you a son, a child of God, in transforming you and I to be like him. Not when we leave this world to be like him right now. And he's going to go on to say this understanding of imitating him and walking in love and because we understand love, we begin to walk in the light or the revelation of how our world expands in knowing the love of God. It begins to change how we live and how we view what we previously thought we were going to get away with. But in walking in the light, we see that it was really darkness and we escape it. We step away from it. Amen? Praise the Lord. But we'll have to go into that next week. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for uh, such an awesome time with you of worship and praise. I thank you, Father, for each and every person here. That as we look into your word, and we've been looking into it to see what not only Jesus has done for us, but how it affects our life in our day-to-day -day walk, our relationships with one another, our exchange with one another in the body, our exchange with people outside of the body. When times get difficult, we would understand just as we sung, you are not finished with us yet. That the work that you began in each one of us the day we said, Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. You started a transformation that you said you would be faithful to complete it in us until the day of Jesus Christ. So we're thankful that you're not finished yet. We don't have to give up. We don't have to throw up our arms, but we can look in your word and say, this is what you have done for us. And this is what it's doing in me, that it'll show forth in my day-to-day -day walk, my day-to-day -day relationships, my prayer life, my understanding of who you are, that truly I might live and be a light wherever I go. My desire, my desire, God. I trust our desire is to be well-pleasing to you, to put off those things of the flesh, to walk in the Spirit, in the fear of the Lord, perfecting, maturing in that awesome reverence Never wanting our relationship to break down in any way, but to grow closer and closer through the love with which you've loved us. So we do thank you.
Holy Spirit, teach us, remind us. As we go out from here, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as we come together next time, remind us of the love of God, how we imitate you, cause us to see how much you loved us, behold it, think about it, ponder it, meditate on it, that we might begin to walk it out as an imitator, as a child of God. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus, far exceeds. Any damage done to me? Oh, don't forget Wednesday night, Shekinah Glory is going to be here, 7 o'clock, right? So we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Make it a great week. By Adam, then Adam's fall, whatever. <laughs>